0: hey how's it going champagne sharks hope everyone's doing well just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at Patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. This is Kenny from the
1: Champagne Sharks. I'm here with Vita and Mario. Say so what's up, y'all? What's going What's up? We were we were you know kind of uh, conversating about a few topics, but something that's been trending since the the slap her <laughs> the slap her around the ghetto. Has been
0: going
1: on. <laughs> so I've heard around the ghetto with Will Smith and Chris Rock, and we've noticed that a lot of people have been saying that that's, quote unquote, how you protect black women. And so we want to dive into this topic because there's a lot. It's like an octopus with this topic. There's a lot of people that are literally flat out lying, saying that black men. That was the first time ever that a black man has protected a woman. And I posted the article of that, that black lady. I think she was in Michigan where her she was being threatened by racists and all them brothers came and protected her house.
2: Yeah. So this I isn't a
1: that. new phenomenon. You know what I'm saying? This isn't a new thing. But of course, we know that social media really covers 0.000.01% 0. 000 0. of the black community. But nevertheless, it's a topic. You know? So we want to yeah. kind of dive in. Yes, that. indeed. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So.
3: Um, so everybody, I'm pretty sure unless you've been living under rock, you're familiar with what happened over the weekend at the Oscar celebration. Uh, Will Smith was uh, nominated for Best Actor. Blah, blah, blah. Chris Rock was the host of the ceremony, went upstage, told a couple of light jokes, and then got to Will and Jada, who were sitting in the front, who were seated in the front row. And he made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith having a bald head. Right, and uh, she didn't take the joke kindly. Will Smith kind of giggled at the joke at first, and and I'll give it to it was a kind of like an uncut. It was a it was one of those you know uh, one of those fake Hollywood laughs where you just got to laugh at the joke, right. even though you may or may not think it's funny. You know how that goes, right? Right. And so he, he Jada was clearly not pleased at the joke. She and looked and dead I at Will.
1: She looked dead right. at him.
3: Yeah, and and a few moments a few moments later. Will got up, walked up to the stage, and slapped the hell out of Chris Rock. Right. Chris, <laughs> Chris the Rock. The most movie-looking like, slap I've ever seen in my life. That's why I it didn't think really it. really was. was. It really, no. really was. I, I'm not going to lie. I thought it was fake. Yeah. I, I, I honestly thought it was fake.
2: I think we all thought it was fake. Like, because right. I know when right. I just saw the very clip of it where he smacked him, I was like, I ain't no way he just walked up there and smacked him like that. Right. <laughs>
3: right (laughs) right right and so um then he goes and sits back down in the chair in his chair very calmly by the way you know what i'm saying and uh proceeds to then yell at chris uh, you know chris rock was kind of stunned and then he's but he you know i'll give it to the brother he rallied you know he 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 did the best best thing that he could given the situation you know he made a light joke of it and then i guess uh will felt like damn man I, i I really wanted to get him, but he's getting ready to just move right along. So mm-hmm. let me, you know, then he yelled out, you know, keep my wife's name out, you fucking, nut. you know, he did the whole Yeah, cool look, that looked real, you know. And, uh, right, I, I know where you're going with it, but, yeah. um, you know, it's funny, I just now thought about that, like, the that fact perfor- that That was Chris performative Rock anger. Was just, <laughs> right, because <laughs> the fact that Chris Rock was just getting ready to move right along, Mm-hmm. it seemed like that kind of pissed him off even more yeah. for some reason you know what I'm saying so he had to add the extra shit you know and um, be that as it may um, a lot of people had a lot of opinions about it a lot of people were very vocal in their support for Will and a lot of people were very vocal in their opposition to what he did not necessarily which is I find interesting not necessarily in support of Chris Rock but just you know anti what he, what Will Smith did. So it's more like, I'm, I'm not necessarily for Chris Rock, I'm just against what Will Smith did type of thing. You know what I'm saying? So what I kind of feel like is happening in this situation is, well, let me back up. During the course of this happening, you know how social media works, A lot of people find like, oh, yes, now's the time for me to latch on to this hot topic and make it about me. You know what I mean? Yeah, they always
1: center themselves in somebody else's drama.
3: Exactly. And so, you know, this is the perfect time to do that. But in that, I think it is a good opportunity to have this conversation because this is something that we've heard a lot. And that is the topic of protect black women. Yes. Okay. we hear that on social media all the time. And so, you know, I just kind of wanted to have a conversation about what that looks like, what it shouldn't look like, what anyone, what, you know, you you are, what your ideas of that are. And uh, let's dialogue about it, man, and, and see if uh, we can make some sense out of it.
1: Well, one of, of the things that I noticed it. is, um, <clears throat> of course, like we said, everybody is taking this situation and centering themselves into some, someone else's drama and they're creating other other sources of drama out of it and one of the things that i've noticed is other people are attacking other celebrities based on their opinion and it's not that they're having a um they're not having a you know a quality rebuttal of what a celebrity is saying like for the simple fact you know uh jim carrey said that you know if it would have hit me i would have sued you know so instead of people saying well why would you sue because that you know coming up with a reason no they went and found evidence that jim carrey gave his ex-wife stds and All this other kind of stuff. (laughs) That
2: is fucking hilarious. I mean, it's not funny that he gave his wife a But, like, niggas being on a high horse. And also, it's also not far-fetched for white people to start suing for shit. Because I just feel like niggas... And, like, even people talking about, oh, the police, you know, he should go to jail for assault and all this dumb shit. And the thing that was so crazy to me is, first of all, it was just a slap. You had niggas in whole... Fist fights, and never once it was the idea to call the cops. Once the no. fight was over, it right. was over. You just move the yeah. fuck on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's no law <laughs> exactly. needs no law needs to be involved. You got your ass beat, or you beat somebody's ass. Now it's over. So you got, so
1: that you got, it. so you got white people pretending that violence never happened to the slap, and then you have black people being very. <laughs> that's what they've been. I swear, that's what they've been doing. And they were like, "Oh, I can't believe this was on TV." I'm like, "Wait a minute, nigga. We I seen 9-11 on TV. Right. What the fuck you talking about?" So exactly. Then you have black people in, quote unquote, black Twitter that are finding anybody that they can attack because now they've latched on. Like Mario said, they've, they've latched on to Jada and Will. It wasn't that long ago they was clowning Will about his entanglement. And I saw someone which I thought well, this was the funniest one. They got mad at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because he said that, you know, Will Smith pretty much perpetuated a stereotype of the violent black man on TV. So they went and found a clip of Kareem back in, I don't know what year it was, 1976, maybe 77, of him punching. punching. Yeah. But what they did was they edited the clip and showed Kareem punching the guy in the eye. They didn't show where the guy sucker punched Kareem and elbowed him in the ribs. Right. right. So now, and then they started saying, well, uh, if Kareem wants to be on his high horse, how come he didn't tell his son not to stab somebody? I'm like, what the fuck
2: does that have to do with the fuck?
1: You responsible for everything that happens? not only with you but outside of your control
3: as well
2: well i'll say this i think for black people in general i think we get collectively and i'm not saying every single solitary negro i mean it's in general i think black people tend to get really sensitive about um how we're yeah when people start talking respectability politics Mm -hmm. i think we tend to get a little triggered by that because i actually thought what kareem Kareem abdul-jabbar said was stupid too like honestly i felt like every celebrity. Feeling like they have to have an input on the fucking topic was ridiculous. Like, why does everybody okay. need to comment on it publicly, like That's in the first place? True. True. And also anything when people talk about black people think, making black good, people good, look bad, good, whenever people say that shit, I feel like they sound fucking retarded. You know, because the reason why I say that is because white people going to think what they think, regardless of what we anyway. do. It don't really matter. Right. They don't right. think right. that anymore. Anyway. They already think niggas is violent. Right. Will Smith slapping them or not slapping them was not going to change the fact that they already think niggas is violent. Which is ironic, because they're the most violent people on earth, right? right. Ironically. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So when black people, so when all these black celebrities (laughs) hopped up, like your boy Stephen A. Smith, who just couldn't wait to take the white position, he really took the cake. Yeah. 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 He was doing the most.
1: No, but I, do, yeah. but I do. But uh, I do think
2: black people on Twitter or just online people in general uh, go way too hard. Like, so what? So what if Kareem says some dumb shit? Why? Like, why is it necessary to go dig up some shit? Like, who cares? Yeah. Why do you have to go dig up comment.
1: STDs on Jim Carrey and showing Kareem punching yeah. as a basketball player forty years ago and not show the context?
2: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> you know what
1: I'm saying? That'd be like that'd be like if somebody Ray Lewis came out and said something about violence and they showed him hitting somebody on the football field. Well, duh. You know what I'm saying? This is what he did right, exactly. So it, d- it doesn't make sense, and it reminds me of that. You know, I love this word that uh, that Mario uses a lot: pedantic. I love it. I love that. First of all, uh, uh, niggas always love taking
3: things out of context and try to apply them to situations where it don't fit. Kareem mm. socking somebody in the heat of competition, a physical right. competition, in, right. a, in a, where he's taking multiple hits. I mean, come on, bro. That's like getting mad at the boxer for for uh, punching somebody in the boxing ring. Like, yeah. Get the fuck out of here, all right? Um, especially when you know how the NBA was back in those days. Oh, um, yeah, you got to fight. Yeah, everybody was was doing dirty shit back no. then. So that, that's that's, app, that's not even apples and oranges. That's fucking... <laughs> apples that's apples gotta, and rocks. Apples and rocks or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I think what I will say um, it, to that point is with the respectability politics thing, and this is where where the Stephen A. Smiths of the world and the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's of the world get it wrong is that they center it around how we're viewed by other people. Damn how it looks to other people. We have to worry about how we look to us. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's our event. It's our thing. And we want to make it nice because we want to make it nice. You know what I'm saying? Not because somebody else is looking at us and all this old shit. We're going to make it nice and classy because that's that's how we roll. And so, when you got somebody to come in and mess the whole situation up, if that's what you're gonna be on, then be on it for that reason. Don't be like, oh, you know, all the white folks they looking at us and they just shaking their head. You right? Know, come on, man. So, and that that's to be expected because you know, I'm about to. I don't want to go on a rant about Kareem ass, but I he, I've been kind of giving him the stank eye for a minute now. But well, Kareem has been saying has been on respectability, yeah. respectability politics for a long time. Yeah. And then it's like, bro, he always got to come in and on his high horse and, and interject, bro. Don't nobody care about your opinion no more, bro. Right. I'm just going to keep it 100, Korean. We don't care. All right. We love you. You a legend. You the cap. You a great Laker. But that's where it what it is. You got to say right now, bro. Like, you, you, nobody wants to hear it, you know? And um, I don't know, man. I just, if you're going to be on some respectability shit, be on it because. It's about us wanting to look good for each other. That I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, fuck all that. The world is watching us. No, we watch. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I love that perspective, Mario, because I think that's exactly what the problem is. We're so focused on what other niggas think about us. But what do we think about us? How do we feel about what we put out? That, to me, is the bigger conversation, what we should be focused on. It's the same idea when we spend so much time educating white people on shit that niggas don't even know. You know, right, like right. We be trying
1: to teach white
3: people race analysis, and, I, and we
2: don't even know the shit,
3: you know. Man, yeah, oh, that's real talk. Oh, man, damn, that's real talk. That's real talk right there. And and you know, especially what you said about that race analysis thing. Originally that's why this show was 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 started, right? Because um so much racial conversation was focused on uh, getting white people to understand where we were coming from, and then T's whole thing was, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. we don't even understand where, where it's coming from and what racism and white supremacy is all about. So we're going to start examining that thing from a black perspective. Right. And we're going to start examining white, the white. Um, he had a certain way that he put it. I don't want to fuck it up. But he said, we're going to examine whites from the black gaze or something right, like that. Right. He reversed it. And then that's how the whole formula for the show started. You know what I'm saying? So what Vita said is 100%
1: correct. But, you know, we get clout off of that, especially online. You know, we always even as much as, you know, shit as Negroes talk. We want that white validation. We want that white person to come in and say, yeah, you're right. I I think I need to need to do better. I don't give a fuck if you do better, honestly, because I know you're not going to. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to generalize, but I'm saying in the grand scheme of things, I can't think of a time where you actually did want to do better. You know what I'm saying? You put, you know, when when things get bad, you put a Black Lives Matter sign in the yard. You mm-hmm. know, what I'm that's just a fucking scarecrow, honestly. Right. Something. You know I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I'm not racist. I have Black Lives Matter sign in the yard. You know, okay. I get it. You know, but when it comes to situations like these, someone like Kareem, but this is the thing. Kareem is 74 years old, 75. Mm-hmm. What would you Somewhere expect I, him to say? He's up there. Yeah, that's like, true. What would you, you know, if that was, Dave Chappelle that said that, then I'd be like, OK, hold on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. you, you, now you're going against what you said all along. This has always been Kareem. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Kareem is always. Yeah, I remember Kareem. He got away from the Nation of Islam quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It didn't take very long for him to get away from the NOI mm-hmm. and switch to Orthodox Muslim, uh, Islam. You know what I'm saying? So he knew that if he was going to stand up for black folks, it, it was going to have to be a certain kind of way. It wasn't going to be threatening. You know, mm-hmm. there's always that picture. There's a picture out there of Kareem, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali. There's a bunch a bunch of brothers that's standing up there. It's back in the 60s. Something in Cleveland? Yeah, when they were supporting uh, Muhammad Ali, I believe it was, when he was uh, not going right. to the draft or something. Mm-hmm. People always try to give Kareem a lot of credit. Kareem didn't even know what was going on. Oh, what? He was a young dude. He was only like 19. He was still Lou Alcindor. He was still Lou Alcindor. He wasn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar yet. You know what I'm saying? And he just knew uh, Bill Russell was there. He knew it would be a good idea to be there, but he wasn't a major factor. We got you got to remember, this is Jim Brown. Jim Brown retired from sports in 1965. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So he was already done. And you look at Jim Brown's face, but he's stoic. You know what I'm saying? You look at Muhammad Ali. You know what I'm saying? Bill Russell. These are stoic grown men at that time. Kareem was a young guy. He was like 18, 19, maybe 20 something like that. So he gets a lot. I'm, I'm not dogging him, but he does get a lot of credit for things that he just happened to be, a, be there. And he really wasn't the driving force. So, you know, I'm not surprised by what Kareem says about things like this. What I'm irritated with is how we as Black people, and I'm very disappointed because of the generation that does this all the time, we look for the nearest bandwagon to jump on, even to our own detriment. You know what I mean? Because they're not, you know, a lot of people are not doing this, to support will and jada they're doing this to shit on other people and clout chase they get a lot of retweets a lot of clout by coming up with these witty little jokes and then you know just coming out lying about protecting black women you know they've used this this is a way for them to uh, uh, another vehicle for them to spew their little you know sjw bullshit ass lies you know what i'm saying
2: that's exactly (laughs) what happened honestly and it was actually one of the most irritating things about the reactions Because personally, like just from a very superficial level, it was a very entertaining situation. You know, that's how I looked at it. It was some shit that went down on TV with two celebrities, specifically black celebrities that are at the top of their careers. Right. Right. And that in itself was just entertainment. Fuck these niggas. I don't know these niggas. I don't know what's going on in their friendships, relationships or none of that shit. I don't give a fuck. So when people started attaching all these other meanings and stories to it, such as the conversation around protecting black women, it just got to be so ridiculous to the point where it was almost like a circus show. Right. this shit didn't even make any sense anymore. People were somehow connecting it to the to their own personal relationship with me, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, black somehow it turned into you know, black women are always attacked about their hair. And okay, like it's right. just like all
3: of a sudden people became <laughs> alopecia
1: experts and shit. Like,
3: yeah. oh my god!
2: <laughs> and people had all these weird reactions, and I was just so confused. Like that's why
1: I said I said you know six weeks six months ago y'all all was virologists. Two months ago, y'all always was war strategists. Now right. all of a sudden, y'all dermatologists. All right, motherfucker. Right. right, get it all. The oh, then
2: there's the Illuminati take.
1: Oh, the, oh. yeah, yeah. He was standing oh, with Lord. his hand inside oh, of, his, inside of his, uh, his suit coat. You know.
3: I seen another right. dude say he had a leather a piece of leather on his face. I'm like, <laughs> what?
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see. I swear to God, that's good. You know, the thing about it was, and this is the reason why I started taking a stance of I don't want anything to do with it. Because I noticed that there's a lot of people that promote degeneracy in our community. They were jumping on it. You know what I'm right. saying? Trying to find a way to crowbar they bullshit in there. So then after I see that, I'm like, eh, I don't want them to do with it at all because I'm not seeing enough of the jokes. I hate to say it like that, but the jokes weren't flying anymore. Now it was, how can I make this about me? How can I make mm. you look bad? How can I make this person look bad? How can I be a victim? You know, there's, there's an opportunity to be a victim. Jump in the car. Let's all be victims. That's what it is. That's, that's yeah. yo, every, yo,
2: I love that. Know. I love what you just said. It's an opportunity to be a victim. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. 100%. Yeah.
3: yeah. Every fucking yeah. time. It never fails. And I you just know, don't understand
1: also, why that is with Black people. Why you want to be a victim of something that has nothing to do with you?
3: Because, man, like, they're living vicariously through these celebrities. I don't know at what point did we become such a celebrity-obsessed culture but I have it, no it's idea like that right now. To the point where, like, you you will literally hear people talking, saying things like, yeah, but what do you think about Meg and and Tori? Why didn't you talk about when Meg shot Tor- or when Tory shot Meg?" I'm like, "What? I don't even know what
1: the fuck you're talking." I don't even about. know them. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Like, or they'll start you telling talking? you a whole story about v- Beyonce's uh one of her videographers and how this he did this and and he did that, and I'm like, "How do you know this shit?" Like not only how, how do you know why do you care right why are you
3: taking that's something?
2: exactly what i was going to say why do you care so much to even know like they were all talking about all these celebrities that unfollowed Meg. who cares how do y'all even know the fact that it's somebody's job to sit up there and see what celebrity follows who already tells me that we care way too much about the dumbest shit
3: exactly. escapism that's what it is. I think it's escapism, man. People don't want to look at what's going on in their boring, normal, everyday lives. And so they latch on to this foolishness, man. Well, you know,
1: Mario, it's funny you said that because we can look at the reports online and they talk about the unemployment rate in the black community right now, which that's based on who who covered the census. I mean, most black people ain't going to fill that shit out anyway. So you add all of that plus all the other things that are going on in, quote unquote, black America right now, with a lot of uh, situations going on in places like L.A. right now, even up here in Portland. Me and Mario was talking about we are 43 homicides in Portland since January. You know what I'm saying?
3: All, one area.
1: A lot of stressful situations going on. So a lot of people, not just black people, but a lot of people are willing to do anything to get away from the realities that shit is fucked up right now. Inflation is as high as it's been since the Reagan administration. Gas is crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And who's gonna get away from that more than someone who cannot control their situation? If you're not in control of your situation financially, because next week we'll be hearing them talking about how much they hate landlords and they hate rent. And mm-hmm. I, there's been thousands of threads of people showing how much rent is in LA County as compared to Houston. I'm like, what the fuck is LA County? What do you expect? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, you nah, fuck a- that shit. Nah, I'm on. I'm on a team. The rent's too damn high. I've been to him high in LA County
1: since 1979. Yeah, but okay.
2: it's even worse now, man. This shit is insane right now, though. You gotta yeah. understand how insane this shit is. Like, this
3: shit is, don't man, even make I, no I, fucking sense. I remember. <laughs> <shit>. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I had a studio apartment and I, we were only paying five seventy five, dollars bro. Mm. <laughs> that same space right now, it's like $1,800, $1,900. Oh my dollars. God. It, it's crazy. Is it? <laughs>
2: If it weren't for rent control the space where I live now, it's a studio apartment, it would be at and this is in the hoodhood, hood, it would be at least 1500. That's crazy. Like I live in the hood. hood. Like I live for, in the 60s
3: for a studio.
2: <laughs> for a studio apartment. In the right. fucking 60s, dude. Right.
3: This this is crazy out here right now, man, but nobody's talking about that. And um so you know what, now that I was thinking about that whole conversation about the, with you know, protecting black women and all that, there also was a conversation that was kind of developing too, but kind of like floating in the background about, you know, what is allowable in comedy now, like how comedy is being affected by this new politically correct climate that we have. And I hate to use that term because right-wingers use it all the time, but fuck it, 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 it is what it is. Um you know, somebody was saying how, you know, if you had comedians like Robin Harris and, and and Red Fox and Richard Pryor and those guys, they wouldn't be able to do comedy now because of how so-called soft the, this current generation is. And so that's kind of like a conversation that was floating around as well, you know, kind of like in the backdrop of this whole thing, too.
1: I, I think um, I, I'm going to tell you why I don't think that's true, because if they're around, that means the type of people existed were are around too now back in them days the crowd could be more ruthless than the, than the comedians yeah you show up to the apollo and you ain't funny oh man <laughs> look they run your ass out of there yeah they even death comedy I, Gym. I,
2: I was just watching a documentary uh, a few months ago about um, Fat Tuesdays in LA. (laughs) Yeah. Which I highly recommend people watch that documentary. I think it's on Amazon. And um, it's about the the comedy scene in the 90s, which literally boomed in LA. It all started in LA. Just wanted to give the shout out to my city. Um, Literally, because New York got the idea. Deaf Comedy Jam came from niggas coming out to LA to see Robin Harris at the Comedy Act Theater. Right. (laughs) And so. What's interesting is what what they said in the documentary was that it was performing for black audiences was different than performing for white audiences because the black audiences basically wanted you to fail so they could boo you and clown yes. you like yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like they like it was all that was part of. The entertainment was the yeah. audience going at the comedian. I remember
1: um, Patrice O'Neill said uh, is it, is it, it was either Patrice O'Neill or it was uh, Corey Holcomb. I can't remember, but they said that you know all these comedians, these well-known comedians, they all know each other. You know what I'm saying? Even you know the Artie Lang and uh, they all know them. All the black and white comedians, they know each other, right? Right. And they said that um, you know coming up, they would go to the comedy store in L.A. But if you really wanted to test your shit, you had to go to the black. You had to go to the hood. Mm. Even if you was a white comedian, see, the white comedians didn't have to go because they can go and perform in Vermont and Boston. And, uh, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld, you know, Jerry Seinfeld's best friend is uh, George Wallace. I did not know that. Yeah. They were roommates together coming up. You know what I'm saying? They're still best friends to this day. Okay. But you notice George Wallace was comic view, deaf comedy jam, comedy act theater. That's George Wallace towards Jerry Seinfeld he's in New York City doing a special on HBO. And you know, so the white com- comics didn't have to go that route. Right. You know what I'm saying? Black yeah. comics can play those white rooms, but eventually they had to get to them black rooms and that's where you're going to cut your teeth. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So it was a, it's different. And that's why I say if Robin Harris, Richard Pryor, 1980s Eddie Murphy was was around today, well, we, you got to bring black people that was around at that time too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We, we can't tell.
2: And also, let I I think it's kind of also a cop out sometimes for people who just want to hear ignorant shit. Absolutely. And the reason why I say that is because one, well, number one, comedians that are funny and are good, they're always controversial. Yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah. And then those are the, but the ones, Richard Pryor was controversial. He pissed a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. His comedy, I, I, here's a documentary about him. And they were talking about how his comedy first came out to typical goofy slapstick comedy. Right. And then something happened and then he switched to doing mm-hmm. what he became controversial. And that's when he became a star because mm. the controversy wasn't the thing. It was the fact that he was funny. Yeah, period. Yeah. Controversies. Of course, you go. All comedians, good comedians don't care about pissing people off. So they're going to say what the fuck they're going to say. Mm-hmm. You can't really cancel a comedian. It does. No, it's can't. not a real thing. Right.
1: Well, you can't cancel a comedian because a comedian. First thing he's going to do is make fun of himself, herself, themselves. So right. a comedian's going to make fun of themselves. They're going to make fun of you. And then we're going to all laugh at each other. That's the whole point.
2: If they think, yeah. funny. If,
1: they're, if funny. they're funny. See, this is and the thing is, about. That's
2: the thing. These niggas not funny. No, 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 no. They're get...
1: not. No, they're not. They're not. They're not funny at all. And I think T is the one that brought this up that there's a mafia of unfunny comedians and they all support each other. Yeah.
2: Right. It's, they're like the writers. They're like the black writers. The, exactly. black writers here. It's the yes. same
1: shit. Yes. Yes. It's like no. those black writers on all these shows that always fail. They all support <laughs> each other. Yeah, I'm serious. You look at the the um, what was it H.P. Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country? That yeah, the yeah, writers yeah. from there, the writers from Chicago, the writers from that show with Freddie Gibbs that's going on right now that nobody thinks is funny—they're all in a clique together.
0: Mm. You right. know what I'm saying?
1: So it's like they have to support each other because if they all fall down, they're out of work. So they've they've pretty much crowded the um, I call it the app space. So the Amazons, the Hulu's, and right. the HBO Max. <laughs> They've crowded those spaces. You know what I'm saying? The days of the John Singletons are over.
2: People just want to be entertained. And if you can do that, you can get away with murder. And oh, yeah. I think that's the problem. These people just aren't funny. Um, and that's just to go to that to that conversation that Mario brought up about the comedy. But I definitely don't want us to lose sight of the of the conversation around protecting black women. I haven't even been able to, I haven't even uh really we, I don't think any of us really discussed that in depth. Cause you because before the show started, we were talking about um the different ways that statement can be interpreted and what that looks like in various contexts mm-hmm. and i like the way mario was had described it you know or actually both of you guys had described it you know just talking about situations where you know well is it protect black women and how what does that look like in this sort of space and context where you know the woman is putting herself in a dangerous situation and therefore putting the men in her life in a dangerous situation yeah. right yeah. um and 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 you know, or people who are consistently even going back to dangerous situations, or people who, uh, you know, and what is that? and You know, is it a joke being told? And then you slap the motherfucker. Is that protecting black women? Right. Right. Or is right. that, or is that protecting your ego? Right. Um. Ooh, and what okay. is, and what does that mean to the woman in your life? Because some okay. women were like, because one of the points that I thought was actually a pretty valid point that I don't, but I never jump in certain discussions because I always know that they're gonna go left on Twitter. <clears throat> Um, But one of those points was that, you know, sometimes when men do those things, we don't feel protected. Yeah, women don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. And depending on the situation, I can I've been in situations where I dated a guy who had a bad temper and you're always scared something's going to happen. That's Mm. not a good feeling. You know, Um, Mm. then you have the men in your life that, you know, you are being disrespected and they just stand there and let it happen. Mm. And And that doesn't feel good either. That's I've definitely had that happen. I've had men in my life who knew what protection looked like physically and what it looked like emotionally. So for example, I went to go buy a used car and I was with a a guy I was dating and the guys, the used car salesman was like really pressuring me to the point where I was almost about to break down. And my boyfriend grabbed my hand and said, fuck these niggas, let's leave. I don't like how he's talking to you and checked all these niggas on the way out. Right. Cause my, and if he wasn't there, I probably would have been sold a bad car with a right. bad fucking loan right, right, all because right, right. these niggas was bullying me. And it was my first time ever buying a car. You know what I mean? And I didn't understand how to stand up for myself in those kind of spaces. They all talk to you like they know more than you.
1: Right. Right. Even if they don't know shit, yeah. even
2: if they don't know shit. And if you're a woman, that happens to you a lot. And you really might not. You might actually know more than you realize. I knew more than I realized, But they talk to you like, no, 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 you're wrong. And well, I'm thinking, well, they're the experts. Maybe I am wrong. I don't really know what I'm doing. But I don't even know if my boyfriend really knew. But he did know he didn't like how they were disrespecting me. And he made me feel safe by grabbing my hand and telling, you know, letting these niggas know that that's not how the fuck you talk to nobody. You're not talking to her like that. And grabbed my hand and we walked out.
1: Yeah, he didn't have to go up and punch anybody or slap anybody. He didn't punch
2: nobody. He just checked them. He told them, you know, exactly, exactly that. What I Mm -hmm. would not have felt safe. If he hauled off and decked the guy, because then my next reaction is because it was all Latinos, all these Latinos gonna call the cops and we out here, or they gonna call their homies? Yeah, and we Now up. y'all in danger. We ain't because we, right. we in the fucking right. valley. We in the San Fernando and then, Valley. <laughs> Shit.
1: And then not only that,
3: he goes to jail and right. You, right. now you really up. <laughs> you you right. know what I'm saying? So right. if you gonna put I still it all, I ain't all got out, no car. Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly.
3: So
1: if you gonna put it all, god damn it, Mario.
2: I know what happened, Mario. Damn it!
1: You come back in a second.
2: You know what's fucked up? You know he's saying some d- dope shit, in the feds, I know.
3: Now. Basically, you don't think it through. You got to start <laughs> it over, Mario. You got to start over. Oh damn! it. it happening. <laughs> really nothing you said. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> and you were
2: saying and the funny things, and always cuts off because you know you about the Mario about to drop some heat, and then
3: <laughs> the fans
2: get you every time.
3: Oh man, I know, man. This is a cold game. <laughs> uh what did y'all hear me last? Say, damn. Um, I was saying that if they come, if his ass go to jail for assaulting somebody, then your ass really left unprotected, right?
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because
3: because look, man, you got to understand every when you when you physically assault somebody, or when it, when you take it from the level of verbal to physical, you got to be prepared for everything that come with that. Right. And not everybody thinks it through. You, you have that emotional response, and then you overreact. And then there's a whole list of bad consequences that come from that. And when you sitting up in that jail cell or whatever, you're going to be thinking, God damn it, man. You're going to think of a million different ways that you could have handled that situation, but you chose to handle it, um, and, 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 handle it in the, the violent way. You know what I mean? Like right. you got to learn how to temper your, your emotions, man, because this is some real shit. You know how many black men are in prison right now? In jail or prison, going through trial or whatever, because they sat up there and went off behind, you know, the woman in their life. You know, mother, sister, cousin, wife, girlfriend, whatever the case may be, you know, went off and and did something to somebody because of something that they did or was perceived to do to their to their loved one. You know, I ran it Oh, go ahead, Mario. You know, I've run into a whole lot of them throughout the course of my life.
1: I've been one of them niggas. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell y'all a short story, and I'm yeah, not gonna bro. use no names. Um, so somebody I know <clears throat> told me that they got raped, right? Um, I was 24 at the time. So at that time, I'm active, I'm a nut. So I jump in my car and like a dummy, I go back to the area where it supposedly happened. Now, you have to ask yourself, why would they still be there? You know what I'm saying? But I'm 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 in my car, and if I if I would have saw them, I'm going to tell you right now, I probably wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'd probably be locked up for murder or something like that. Yeah. Come to find out that person didn't get raped. What happened was this person was cheating on their boyfriend and didn't want to get caught and said that they got raped. And how do we find out? Because the person had hickeys all on their neck and somebody else I know called me later on in the day and was like, hey, man. How come you didn't uh, stop when I seen you driving down the street? I said, oh, you didn't see me driving down the street. They was like, yes, I did. You was in your car. I said, no, that wasn't me. They said, well, somebody was in your car that looked like you. You know what I'm saying? So the simple fact that some people will create a story and a lie and get you riled up has happened to me a few times. My own family has done this where they have a situation going on. They include me or my brother in it for protection. They haven't even talked to us about what's been going on. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I come out the house, I got 40 niggas standing outside my house talking about, hey, man, we heard you was going to do something. Nigga, that's on 60 Crip. We're going to do this, that, and the third if you got beef. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Right. And then I find out it's behind some bullshit. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if I didn't know them, they probably could have did something to me. But because I knew them, we had a conversation and we came to an understanding that, one, I don't even know what you're talking about. And two, you need to keep that person, even though they related to me, keep that motherfucker away from my house and keep them away from me. Whatever you got going on with them, that's between y'all. But because of the the caliber of people I'm talking to, they could have did anything if they didn't know me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So there's that situation, too, where, you know, you have people that are manipulating certain situations and throw you into it. There's a story. We were talking about this off the air. There was a story uh, somewhere in New York where a lady and a guy was talking. I guess the guy was trying to get the girl's phone number or something like that. And she wasn't feeling it. So she went in the house. And the guy, I guess he walked down the street or whatever. She goes in the house and tells her boyfriend, hey, this dude's out here harassing me. So he goes outside to approach the dude. The dude shoots him and kills him. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So we, th- mm. the context of protection, what that's why we're saying, what does that look like? Because we know what it looks like when it's extreme. People die. Yes. You know yes. what I'm saying? They die for nothing, literally. You know what I'm saying? You, I died because you was trying to talk to my girl? Right. Really? Motherfucker, you can have her. Not My a life soldier, is more important. Not
3: grabbed her, not beat her up, not no. tried to kidnap her, but tried to talk to her. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that that's that's a, that, see that that type of shit happens all the time. And and you can go scan newspaper article after newspaper article and see situations like this all over the country and hoods everywhere, man. Like um, I was telling y'all about the situation that happened in Michigan with the security guard at the Dollar General where um, there were two ladies uh, trying to shop. Um, One of the young ladies didn't have a mask on, so the security guard told her she needs to put a mask on if she can't do any shopping. This is during the height of the pandemic. They get into a verbal altercation, and then the women go home, and the mother tells her husband. And so the husband and the son go back to the Dollar General, confront the security guard, and then the son pulls out a gun and blows the security guard's head off, all behind, you know, somebody being told they need to put masks on so that they could shop at the store. They wouldn't be allowed to shop and right. they end up killing this guy. Now all three of them are looking are facing life in prison right now. Yeah. So you there go your protection right there. Like you, okay, boom. He, he, you used him as a crash dummy in that situation. And now you, you might be looking at a situation where he's going for the rest of his life. Now who protected you? You see what I'm saying? Or black man, you do that. You end up going to prison. That one is that woman gonna wait for you when you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or is is she gonna move on in her life? And you know somebody else is gonna be protecting that? You know what I mean? Like you got to think about these kinds of things. Right. And I'm not even saying that every time a woman um comes and complains to you about a situation or or you know entrusts you with some
1: information. Uh oh, we lost you again, Mario. Oh, Lord. Life. We lost you again, Mar. You got to start over again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where you hit? where you, where, let me know where I need to As pick soon up, as you right, first started, I, started I, talking, you, it went out. God damn. Um, what I'm I was saying you. was that, yeah, I know, man, this is crazy. I think it's my internet tripping. Yeah, I think, I think it, it is. is. Oh, I got to figure something else out. But um, no, basically what I was saying is that um, when you, when you love somebody, man, and you trust them to handle a situation for you, you, you are very weary with how you use that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Especially if you know that your dude is really about that life. Like my wife has had things happen to her, bro. And she won't tell me until like, there's absolutely nothing that I can do about it. Right, right, because right. she care about me and she know how I am about her. You know what I'm saying? Like, she she knows that because I've been in them situations before. Like, I got case numbers behind that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, on some real shit. So, because somebody really did something. And she's the type of person that, if she come and tell me that, if she tells me, then it really must be bad. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because she don't, she love me, so she don't want to see me in those no situation where, you know, violence can can um, occur. Yeah. You know what i If a person is constantly running up to you and getting you involved in a bunch of bullshit, they don't love you, young man. They don't love you. They don't care about your well-being because that's not how most women get down. Most women, if they really love you, they do not want to see you getting into nothing. That's Right. in harm's way. Like what Vita was saying with with her ex-boyfriend that had the temper. She didn't want him getting in those situations. You see what I'm saying? So she probably wouldn't tell him certain things. So alone when we had these conversations about what his protection looked like, what do your responses to potential situations look like? Because every problem don't need a sledgehammer. Right, right. Every, Every situation don't need to become physical. Some situations require you to just say something to somebody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now how they react to what you say to them, that's a different situation. You see what I'm saying? Because I could say something to somebody and then they come back and they escalate after I say what I say, then that's on them. That's then a different yeah, over, it's a
1: different situation.
3: Right. But me just right off the dribble coming with violence, that's not always that's not the answer, bro. Like nine times out of ten, that's not gonna be the answer.
1: No, you're gonna get yourself killed like that or get locked up. So then who's gonna protect exactly. your family? You know, but but we also, you know, I always want to say also that a lot of these people that that be saying this stuff, two things. One, they always they're always disconnected from the black community anyway. You know what I'm saying? So they can never give you real life experiences of what it's like to even be around black people in a tense situation like this. So a lot of times I take what the hell they say with a grain of damn salt because most of the time they they be lying. You know what I'm saying? But we know that in a real life situation, things happen. You know what I'm saying? And you can't you can't let the words or anything like that get in the way of, you know, you not being able to bring your ass back home. You know what I'm saying? That's the number one thing.
3: That's the most important thing.
1: You want to you want to come home, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And if they love you, they want you to come home. Yeah. I had to have a conversation with my mother this morning. Um, about this very topic, because it was just heavy on my mind because I want to make sure that we're very careful about the messages that we put out there, to, especially the young black men, about these situations, because for years, we've been talking to these dip de- to that demographic about choosing their words wisely and not overreacting with violence to words and things like that. That's always been the message in our community, right? Yeah, yeah, then all of a sudden its this situation happens. And not only is it women cheering it along, it's a lot of dudes that was like, yeah, that's right. I was slapping nigga too over my... Da, 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 da. Right, right, right. So I'm like, hey, y'all better be very careful because the dudes that are saying that, I'm like, eh.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think um two things. I Actually, have really two things I want to say. And number one, to both of you guys, I really appreciate that you guys are really highlighting what it's like from the male perspective, I, at least for me as a Black woman, to hear how you guys see the situations, the dangers that come with it, the things that you have to weigh when it comes to protecting us and protecting your families. And so I think a lot of women don't consider that. I'm not saying that it's just because I don't I don't I appreciate something Mario said. You said, you know, women who care about you don't put you in certain situations. You right. actually broke down how men should be able to um, use discretion. And what that looks like, you actually gave specifics, right? The women who love you and care about you, how they handle situations. Your wife knows what to approach you with, and she knows what to handle on her own, and she knows, you know, what to tell you after she handled it, right? right. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. right. And so that comes with someone who loves you and cares about you. And I just wanted to just kind of highlight that specifically for women who are listening. Now, by the way, shout out! I just got somebody who messaged me on instagram a woman who uh, named danny um uh, shout out to you danny uh danny cokey i think it's what she calls herself on instagram um afro latina chick um okay. yeah one so shout out to her because i know she listens so i know that now that i know that there are women listening i really want them to hear what you guys are saying so i want to say one amazing. i appreciate that you guys are kind of breaking down from your perspective and at the same time talking to um men and telling the young men and telling them like, yo, this is what you need to be looking out for. This is serious out here. And it's mm-hmm. not about your fucking ego. It's about keeping you and your loved ones safe and helping them to also feel protected while also protecting self. Right. But specifically with women, I want to just really point out to women like um, we have to learn what protection actually looks like. And some of us who maybe didn't have protection or had unhealthy protection, um, we don't always know what that looks like. A lot mm-hmm. of women, if you grow grew up in a certain type of household, men got violent, and that's how you resolve situations. So you end up in a relationship with men expecting that sort of reaction. Because that's what you've always seen, right? Um, if you haven't seen a man actually use His words and usually actually use logic to handle a situation and resolve a situation before it even has to get physical at all, if it is necessary, right? You've never seen that. You don't know that's what protection actually looks like. So you'll think, oh, he's just letting this man do whatever he wants or he's letting this person disrespect me. It might not be that. Because we don't know what protection actually looks like. I'm protecting you by making sure I don't get locked the fuck up because I had to shoot a nigga because he just disrespected you. You see? And I just want women to really hear that. Like, it's really important that we also use discretion and don't confuse abuse and don't confuse ego with protection. They're not the same thing. And, as, and I'm, I'm saying that because I experienced those kind of situations. That's how I remember dating a guy who had a bad temper. Because I thought that's what protection looked like. My dad had a bad temper. My dad being a, a narcissist, he can't let anything happen to his kids, right? Because that makes you look like less than a man. Right. So you have to always be protected. Mm-hmm. So my definition of protection was kind of skewed. So I would date guys that had bad tempers because to me that's what protection looked like. Wow. But it was mostly ego. Because Indeed. I'm his woman, he can't that's disrespecting me as disrespecting him.
3: Mm. And see, I wonder if it was a little bit of that in that whole Will and Jay back to those two. Of course two. it was. That in that situation. Because you know what's interesting is when people were in apologist mode for Will, all these Will Smith apologists, and I'm not even saying Will Smith is a bad dude. I don't even I don't I don't want to put that out there. I think he made a bad decision, but like Will ain't no bad dude. You know, Chris Rock ain't no bad dude either.
2: Yeah. Now, I'm not labeling
3: these niggas none of that. He's being hella villainized in the situation. I'm like, y'all really finna say Chris Rock is the villain of the story? Like, what the fuck? That's Pookie.
1: Like, what? Right, right.
3: But um, <laughs> but um, you know, goddamn, and I lost my train of thought. What the hell was I saying?
2: Goddamn. I'm talking about the ego thing, and then you were gonna make oh yeah, that's right.
3: right there. You go. Thank you, Vita. Appreciate that. Um. It does make you wonder how much of that was actually his own insecurity about passes that he may have given out, slights that he may have taken over the course of his life and things that, you know, uh, he felt like he didn't boss up or man up. At a certain time, and then now it's like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna show the world what I'm I'm really all about. Because I found it interesting that in a lot of the commentary after the incident happened, people would bring up the very fact that you know he was tired of being the nice guy and he was this and that. That was all projection. I'm like, well, what happened to protecting Jada?
0: Right, <laughs> you right. Know what I'm saying
3: if it was really all about this protection. Y'all making it sound like it's more about Will Smith and his, right. fr- and his own personal fragility.
2: And it could be both like those kind of situations, you know, because there's, you know, a lot of different energy and emotions involved. I mean, at the end of the day, that is his wife, you know, whether it's a romantic relationship or they best friends or they just, whatever the fuck they are. I don't quite get their relationship. It ain't really my business, but at the end of the day, that's his wife, you know, Um, on top of the fact that it could be ego on top of the fact that, you know, she, you know, his wife was not in. You know, she was clearly not happy about that comment. On top of the fact, they, their whole family, and what's been going on in their relationships have mm-hmm. been in media, and people have been having certain types of conversations. And I'm sure, yeah. so, and I, while I do think a lot of that is their own fault, because <laughs> you know, that's what celebrities <laughs> do they they fan flames and then want to act surprised when the media goes ham. But, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of shit going on. And it's so much. It's probably even more shit than we even know. Because, again, we don't know these names.
1: Then that's the number one thing. And that's that's across the board, man. You know, you have these people that start creating narratives and stories. I mean, we see it happening in in sports, you know, especially with uh, LeBron James fans, where they'll create these narratives. And it's like, what are you even talking about? You know what I mean? Like what is what is uh, how is it that you know these people better than you know anybody else because you're a fan, you know, and they do it with celebrities. It's like you know, the whole Zoe Kravitz thing. Now they don't like Zoe Kravitz, you know what I'm saying?
3: Oh yeah, I heard I heard something about that earlier today. I I was wondering with that with that whole I didn't get a chance to go and look it up. I don't give a damn, but I did see um they mad at Zoe Kravitz today.
2: Yeah, (laughs) they're digging up all types of shit on that girl.
1: So they're just digging up drama with Zoe Kravitz and I'm like, okay, what's the end game? You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, do you guys, are you, are you hoping that, you know, Jada and Will will call you in the middle of the night and thank you for the tweets? Like, they're going to invite you to the next red carpet event. Like, yeah. You know what I'm
2: saying? Like how, what is this? You know what I mean? Because, you know, I, I know, people just get way too caught up in celebrity culture and conversation in the world. Yeah, like yeah, there's, no there's nothing any of these celebrities can do, even the ones I, I I respect and love their art from, very little they can do to surprise me. Mm. Very little. I've come across that way of thinking too. Yeah, I mean, because it's just so much shit. And the more you learn about how weird these niggas really are, yeah. <laughs> the, the less surprising hey,
3: hey, Vita, I'm gonna share this with you, right? Don't don't trip though, y'all. I All used right. to be my whole life like, from childhood, I was the biggest Hulk Hogan fan in the world, right?
2: Of
1: course you were. I mean, we all grew up watching wrestling,
3: so
2: I
1: I
0: like Ricky Dragon
1: Steamboat. Yeah.
2: But you're definitely that generation, though. That's what's so funny.
3: I'm that generation, right? When I heard this motherfucker say what he said, man, that shit crushed my soul, bro. That shit crushed my soul, man. I'm just like, I didn't want to believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my childhood right here. Are you fucking kidding me? He really said that? This motherfucker's a racist? Yeah, like that. And then it started killing me, bro, because then I started... This is when I first started really... Understanding how insidious racism and white superior. This is when I was going through my awakening phase, right? Yeah, yeah. So then I started going down the rabbit hole, and that's when I found out like about H.P. Lovecraft, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like <laughs> how, how racist he was. And, right. And, and just on and on and on and I was just like
2: god damn this shit is really I
3: can't like nothing you know what I'm saying yeah that's
2: the reality and I think that's the thing I think I learned how to just like shit and expect first of all I think they gonna be racist you can like that's just white people come out as racist every couple years there's always a couple of them so and so said the n-word so and so half slave had a slave plantation I,
1: you know what's thing? funny and you know what's funny and whenever I'm like doing research on something that's really really old and it's a white person slave plantation thing I swear I school. always put that in the google search, <laughs> search Albert Einstein racism <laughs> I swear I swear yeah, I swear yeah. I do it all the time I can't help it because it's like I'm not I don't want to be surprised after I support your silly ass and I found out you was saying nigga so many right. times your
2: teeth turned green And that's exactly you know? I think that's what happened to me it was like there were people that I grew up listening to or admiring these I you know like Gandhi or some shit and he finally this nigga was calling black people dogs. Oh yeah, yeah, he's another that one. Was another one. <laughs> yeah.
3: Exactly. That was another one. <laughs> Gandhi was enough I'm like, god damn,
2: even Gandhi? <laughs> so that's the thing. Everything is a lie when it comes to media. And I watch like y'all yeah, know, I watch all these old documentaries about everything. My favorite is well, I have a lot of favorites, but old old Hollywood documentaries <laughs> are some of my favorites because everything you think about Hollywood or celebrities, whatever story you were told, they're all fucking lies. They're all yeah. em- all their relationships were staged. Even the oh, niggas, that wow. they, like they literally married people. They had whole staged marriages where people were legally married, but you know we have all these stories about them having affairs. Nigga, they not affairs. These niggas was never in a real relationship in the first yeah,
1: place. Yeah, it was all for show.
2: Um, uh, yeah, you know, cool. a lot of them had a lot of them were you know were in gay or lesbian relationships, and they covered it by getting married to other celebrities who were gay. Or lesbian yeah, yeah or
3: now that I, I yeah, there's a, that what do they call it a beard or something like yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: So everything you think is going on in Hollywood is a lie. Like every so so for me, it's like very little. It would take a lot certain things to shock me. Like, if you told me Beyonce was a cokehead, nothing, that wouldn't shock me at all. As hard as that woman worked, she was definitely on something, you know? Right, so right, right. I, like, nothing would, nothing. Like, people were literally hurt when they found out Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce. Like, first of all, niggas cheat. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially lying. rappers.
1: He's a fucking rapper. Come on now.
2: He's a nigga. It don't fucking matter. Like, people cheat. Like, That's just got Beyonce.
1: People like, you, you know, I mean, for all we know, Beyonce got bad breath and she's a nag. I don't. We don't, you don't fucking know, know, her. Her. We like,
2: know she was fucking her bodyguard. We don't. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know.
1: know. They, people, yeah, you know, the rumors yeah. is that she was fucking LeBron James. Yeah. No matter yeah, we how woman is, there's always a dude that's tired of that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? like That's just lying. When I, you bro. know what freaked me out, dude? You know what freaked me out about that is when I found out they said that Rick Fox was cheating on Vanessa Williams. That oh, freaked, freaked like, me. What? what? Yeah,
3: Vanessa Williams a beautiful woman. Like what?
1: But then it had to Halle happen. Halle Berry was cheated on. Like, yeah, Halle Berry was getting cheated on, bro. We know like, that. We know that Halle Berry's out of her fucking mind, crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it makes sense. I mean, for all I know, Vanessa Williams don't change her drawers, don't wash her ass. I don't know. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or it could it's, just be Rick Fox ain't shit, You're right? It really could be that simple. Rick Never. Fox just ain't shit.
0: All right, y'all. So.